Hi, welcome to the Minority Money Podcast with our dad, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, the best dad in the whole world. You know why we think he's the best? Because he teaches us stuff, good stuff about life and money. We know you will love him as much as we do. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, President and CEO of Gen Next Wealth, a financial planning and investment firm. Fee only financial planning and investment firm. Somehow I always forget to bring that uh, or say that part. So today we are going to be joined by Maricela Miles Mattingly. If you recognize that last name, that is because it's my wife. And today is a very special day for both of us as today marks two years since we started Gen Next Wealth. So it's been two years to the day that we actually decided to open our firm here in Madera, California, around the corner from our house. And it's been, it's been nothing but great. We've gotten a lot of support. She's been my biggest supporter from the very, very beginning when I had this wild and crazy dream to actually start our own financial planning and investment firm. Thanks for coming on today, babe. Thanks for having me on. Today, it, we're going to talk about Money talks with your with your spouse, and so I, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, and I've said all these you know things that you should you know how to have a conversation, what you should do, and and all these other things. But I thought, what better way than to bring my wife on and have her and I go through how we talk about money in our house? And it wasn't something that we were both raised or brought up doing. As Mighty starts to share her story, you'll get to hear a lot more about you know, how she's grown up and the difference in the backgrounds that we have and how you have to bring that all together to create, you know, your own personal money talk with, with your significant other. So babe, if you, I mean, Madi, I'll try not to call you babe, like I always do, but Madi, if you could please give us a little background of, of yourself, just tell everybody who you are. I came to the U.S. at eight months old. My parents immigrated from Mexico. I'm one of five siblings, uh, raised in uh, Lee Grand, California. And we lived in a two-bedroom household with seven people in it, one bathroom. So that was, that was a whole lot of fun trying to share one shower between seven people, trying to get ready to either go to church or go to do something. I always was the first one in. I don't know why, maybe because I knew that I had the warmest water. So I probably jumped in first because <laughs> by the time the last person got in there, the water was not so warm. Raised in a, you know, a five sibling household. I started my college education at a junior college. And shortly after that, transferred to Fresno State where I received my um, bachelor's in business finance. And then while attending at Fresno State, I worked at Citibank as a part-time teller. I worked my way up to branch manager and I have been a branch manager now for the last five years. You know, I I knew what you were going to say because we talked about it before, but growing up in, you know, in a small town, both of us have grown up in small towns. Um, (laughs) That's funny because you you, you always like you taking the shower first because you knew you were going to be able to get the warmest water. Oh, yeah. And maybe because I took the longest two to get ready. Possibly that might have been another reason why they threw me in. I can attest to that. Yes. Yeah. But I won't, we won't go there. I'm not the podcast. We won't, we won't go in there. But uh, so the main theme of today, we wanted to talk about how we have our money talks. And I just wanted us to kind of go through different things. But I wanted to start with the growing up. What kind of money talks did you have with your parents? Did, did you have those money talks? And, and, and how were they? You know, we didn't. I mean, my dad 
And my mom, you know, as hard as they worked, I mean, they both worked in farm labor. And to this day, they still do. I mean, my mom is not fluent at all in English. My dad is a little, but not a whole lot. So they didn't understand. And and even now, I mean, I think money is always, they, now they come to me or to us to see, okay, what is this? And can you read this for me? What are they telling me? But my parents never really talked about money or at all. My dad only, primarily my dad, but my mom too, they focused more so on the importance of education. My dad didn't know, you know, a whole lot, but he understood that by having his children, you know, receive an education, maybe that would show them the things that he didn't understand. But we, I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about any money. I mean, I remember going to the grocery store, being on food stamps and, you know, what we understood was we need to bring a calculator because we only have X amount of food stamps. We have to buy these groceries. So we need to make sure that we don't overspend so that we have enough money to pay for these groceries. But as far as you need to save, I mean, I didn't get my first checking account until I was probably like 19 or 20. And before then, I mean, I worked, you know, I had little summer jobs here and there, but I mean, we would go cash our checks at the liquor store. So, I mean, and I don't, I mean, now that I think about it, I don't even know if that's what my parents did as well. But um, I mean, we, we had no conversations. No, no, this is credit. This is how you save. I mean, it was just pretty much, this is what we have. This is what we have to you know, these are our bills and we got to pay. I mean, a lot of the times it was, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we didn't, you know, we'd have to put a lot of stuff on layaway. I remember that where we had to pick stuff out. I remember going back once we were, they were done paying and thinking, oh, I picked this out. I don't even remember because it had been so long that, you know, but I mean, money wasn't, wasn't something we talked about. Um, I just remember feeling like there was money. It was something we never had. Like we never had enough. Like we just, we, we always just try to get by, especially with five kids, right? Yeah. When you bring up layaway, like for those people that know what layaway is, I was, I was a layaway kid as well. So it's, it's kind of, I don't think we've even talked about that. Yeah. We've talked about that before, yeah. but uh, my aunt was my aunt, my mom, uh, my grandma were, were famous for layaway. Like you better be good. We're going to go put that stuff on layaway. And if you act up, we will take it off of layaway. So layaway was like a, like a, like a behavior program, right? <laughs> you had to be right. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there and I'm not going to go back and pick it up. Yeah. And I love hearing that. I think it's good for the listeners to hear this, right? Cause now we're talking about your bank manager now. and, you know, people coming in to the bank, to cash checks and people coming into the bank or used to go to the liquor store and now taking that person that's unbanked basically. Cause there's a large population of people that were just unbanked in your family, uh, your parents, were a part of that unbanked population. And, and because of that unbanked population, you know, you, you want to go cash checks at, at liquor stores. Yeah. And, and, you know, come full circle. Now you're managing the bank, yeah. which is, which is crazy, right? Yeah. You, know, you go to, you go to Fresno state, you get your finance degree. Talk about the, when, when you see someone that's coming in and cashing a check, well, you know, maybe they used to go to a liquor store and as a teller, I know this is a long time ago, but just, you know, as a teller or as a manager, how, how was that when someone would come in and, you know, they were unbanked? How were you able to speak to them because you had lived that? You know, I think for me, it always kind of, I want to help them even more so, right? Because I see them and I think of my mom, my dad, I think of myself, right? And trying to teach them, they're like, well, if I'm, and I'm trying to show them the packages and, you know, how to waive the fees. And they're like, but if you're going to charge me $12, I was like, well, yes, but how much were you paying at the liquor store? And then you kind of see the light bulb go off and you're like, wait, I was paying $12 every week. 
And then they realize, oh my gosh, like, what have I been doing? And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to work up your balance. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let's set up direct deposit. And then once I, you know, I show them how to do online banking, like that just blows their mind. But I mean, I think it's always, it's always just neat. And to be able to come full circle and show them this, because I know that had my parents have had Amadi or somebody like me that they could come to and, and they could, you know, she could teach them or he, I mean, it would have made a difference for all of us, right? Because then they would have been able to teach us. It's just nice to be able to help people like that because you know where they're coming from and you understand that they don't know, you know? And so being able to help them is, is really neat. You know, I've heard you come home from work and be very excited about, you know, um, helping people and, and helping basically make an impact in their life. Today, I wanted to talk about how we have our, our money conversations, our money dates, if you will, they call them that. But we just talk about, I just want to go through how we have our money conversations, you know, how, how we go about that. Off the top of my head, we don't have like a designated time when we do it, but typically Sunday is the time when we have our money talks, right? Yeah. And so usually we go through our, go through our spending and it's not like a systematic way that we go through spending. We just kind of go through, okay, I know you like your spreadsheet. And so that's kind of, what you like to talk about. And I'm more of a, how much money do we have coming in? How much money needs to come out? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, add it up. I'm like, well, it's right there. We can just add it. We'll have it added. I'm like, okay. And this, is, and this is real talk. And I think sometimes like as a financial advisor and a bank manager, we should have everything together. We should never make a financial mistake and we shouldn't be tempted to buy more stuff. And we shouldn't have, we shouldn't make any mistakes, right? Like you have your finance degree. My degree was in accounting and we should just have everything together. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you know something. I'll let you all in on a secret. Mm-hmm. We don't. Sometimes we spend more than we'd like to. Sometimes we don't save enough. Sometimes we go through these things. However, we always talk about money, right? Yeah, all the time. Almost every day. Yeah. So so we talk about it every day. And I think because we, not only because of what we do, but I think it's just something that's so important in a relationship that we have to have those conversations about money. And I, one thing I did want to talk about, about a conversation or about something that we do personally is we have a spending limit on what you can spend without telling each other. Or without getting the okay from the other person. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> without getting okay. There you go. That sounds better. Without getting the okay. So that limit is $250. Did it go up? I thought it was 200 I'm kidding. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was, I was like, I was like, yeah, maybe I snuck <laughs> an extra 50 in there, but, but, uh, it's usually $250. Now what's the significance of that? Why is that so important? Do you want to, I, I didn't, that's not one of the questions I had listed, but a good spot to, to have that in there. Do you want to talk about that or do you want me to talk about it? Well, I mean, I think I can, you know, I can start and then you can take it away. I think it's just important for us to know that, hey, you know, $50 is, you know, why'd you take that? Or I think it just creates more of a boundaries and limits between us so that we're not just always having to check with each other all the time that, hey, I'm going to buy this this pair of jeans, you know, because it's within that that threshold, right? So I think it just allows us that, that flexibility to make our own decisions without having to feel that we have to consult each other. Absolutely. And $250, I think, is reasonable. There, there's nothing like, I know none of the Amazon boxes that show up at the house are over $250, $250 and, and uh, there's there's nothing like getting that Amazon Prime <laughs> box that, that, uh, for some stuff that you ordered, typically for the baby. Um, but, you know, you're, we I, I like the $250 number. So can we talk about how we work through our budget, working through our, our realistic budget? I'll let you speak to that because you're the one that makes it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just having the 
a list, right? Where we know that these are the must, you know, whether it's cable, cell phone, mortgage, car, you know, whatever it is that no matter what, those are going to be the bills that have to be paid every month. And then we look at other bills to say, okay, where can we save more or where can we pay down some debt? Right. And I think it establishes a, a base of what we have to pay. And then the other piece of where we can pay a little bit more or just pay the minimum. And then of course, what we have to save. So I think I like the spreadsheet because it's in front of me and it's not like I'm not going through the account or every month. I know this is coming out on this day. There's no, okay, if I, if I need, if it's on the fifth or, you know, the 15th and I get paid on the 16th. Okay. We have that one day lag. Okay. What's going on? Do I need to, do we need to move money around? I don't know. It just makes it for me easier to, to, to see and manage as opposed to being surprised and be like, Oh, we forgot about that bill. Right. So I know like the spreadsheet is pretty, I mean, it's just an Excel spreadsheet that has every date, you know, the dates listed. Yeah. It's not fancy. And it's funny because I have all these, these technologies and different things that we've tried to use. I mean, we've used mint before we've used uh tiller. We use our own stuff, right? Capital. But I think when the whole, we use right capital as well, that's the financial planning software that we have with our financial plan. But I think at the at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you use as long as you're using something. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of, she likes, Marty likes to use the, the, the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm more of a cash flow guy. I like to say, okay, how much is coming in? You know, our bills for the month are, you know, $4,800. Let's say that's the number. We need to make sure that we have X amount of money in that account to take care of all of those bills, which are all automated because we try to automate everything. And then the other thing that that I like to do is after we automate that, and we just recently started talking about this, is having a separate checking account. So we have one checking account to take care of all of our bills, which are going to be coming out automatic. And then we have another checking account, which we're going to open up to have for our debit card purchases, because we don't want, you know, I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but sometimes it happens to us where we will use our debit card and it's hard to track what each other is doing. And then we might have some bills that are coming out. And because we want to go get gas, you know, <laughs> it's expensive. Uh, we want to go get some gas and that's like 80 bucks or whatever. Now that's kind of thrown off the stuff for the other things. And so we have to transfer money from our savings account. So to alleviate from that, we just decided to open up another checking account just for the purpose of using the debit card. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes it a lot easier, I think. Um, so let's let's talk about th- talk through because we don't have we're not perfect. No. And, and I think sometimes people have, you know, they get in a budget and they're like, I have to be perfect. I have to have everything and, and I can't mess up and it's really rigid. But let's talk through some of the mistakes we've had with our budgeting or with our spending or whatever you want to call it. So talking through what are some, some of the common mistakes that we've made or you may have heard other people make that, that you feel comfortable speaking to? Well, I think sometimes, you know, and for me, it was always like, OK, we got paid. We got to pay, pay, pay. Get rid of the money. I don't want to keep anything in the account. And it was always, um, you know, it, sometimes it was an overpayment, right? And now I had overpaid this card, this credit card, and now I have to use it again. And it was like, really? Then why did I overpay it? I should have just paid that so that I just stopped using it. The little, like stuff like that, I think, um, and some of the things that I would do, I don't know if you remember, I would do like, let's say I would get paid, you know, twice a month. So I would pay part of my car payment and then the other part the next time. And then I think you were the one that was like, one was paid all at once. I was like, well, I don't know. I thought maybe that would be better because I was kind of, everything was in half. That, that wasn't great either because it just made it, 
I don't know how to explain it, but it didn't, it didn't work basically. Once we actually paid the full balance, it made more sense. It worked better for the budget so that we would have more money to save or, or more money to, to pay other stuff. So, I mean, those were some of the little things that I noticed as we merged our finances. And then, you know, we started to see you, you brought in your perspective and then I had my own stuff that helped me see things a little differently. You know, I didn't feel like I just had to pay everything off right away or just have a zero balance or this or that, because then I ended up using the card or whatever it was again. So there was no purpose in that. So I think those were some of my, as we combined everything, we, that we grew and we learned from each other. And so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the merging of finances. I think that's a, that's a touchy subject and I'm not, we, we have merged our finances. Uh, some people don't like to do that. So I'm not, I used to be a, a hardcore, everybody needs to have their finances merged. You need to have joint checking account. I used to be really hardcore on that. But I think after talking to some people and seeing, you know, how, how things work for them, I mean, you have to figure out what works for you. For us, it made sense for us to have joint accounts. Uh, so we went ahead and merged our finances together and all the money goes into a pot. And then we divvy that money out through the pot. Now, in the beginning, it was, I, I don't, I guess I never even asked. I mean, how did, how did you feel about doing that? Babe? Like, was it something that, that you, like? Mm, I think it was, I mean, for me, it, it was, it was an adjustment because, I mean, I've never had a merch account with anybody, but maybe my brother, because, you know, he was 17 or 16 and needed to open an account. And so I was the adult. I mean, other than that, that was the purpose of that account. And so having us, I guess it was weird because I'm like, okay, he's in the seat that I, I just went to, you know, Starbucks today. And then I went yesterday and I never had somebody look other than myself at my account. So it was a weird feeling for me. It was just a weird adjustment. And so, um, it was just different, you know? And then of course, trying to manage what I spend, you spend and everything else. It was like, okay, well, we gotta, you know, we gotta get it together. And I think for a while, remember we tried to just use cash, no card. Because we were trying to merge everything and, you know, you're used to spending one way. I was used to spending one way. And then now we have this one account and everything's flying out of there, you know? Yeah, it was. It, so it was, it was an adjustment. Absolutely. I think the same as well, because, you know, when we're dating, it's one thing. But when we got, you know, like, like you said, you went out to, then I started looking at, man, I'm going out to eat. Like, <laughs> like, man, especially when I was working in Fresno, right. I'm going out, for, I, I get there late. I'm running to Starbucks, go get some, yes. some coffee or go to Dutch bros. Cause you know, that's the spot. <laughs> so we go to Dutch bros and then I go have lunch cause I'm in Fresno and they have tons of places to eat. And then after that, it's like, all right, I'm coming home. And you're like, well, Hey, go to doghouse and pick something up. So we have dinner. And so now I've eaten out three times. Mm-hmm. not including the coffee that you got or the lunch yeah. that you had. And now I'm like, man, we're, we're spending a lot of money. And if you don't have those conversations with your spouse, you will just be kind of, you know, you'll be lost. And next thing you know, you go look in the account and there's nothing there. And it's like, well, what happened? Now we're having to take money out of our savings account because we didn't keep track of what we're doing. So I know that we look at the account. One of us is looking at the account every day. And so I try to tell people that it's important that you look at your account on a daily basis, even if it hurts to look at it because you spent more money than you thought you were going to spend or because you were just, you know, you, you went out and just you just spent too much or you didn't save enough or whatever the, the reason may be. If someone's listening to this and they are, you know, they haven't had that conversation with their spouse before, they've never talked to their significant other and they're trying to start this conversation the money talk, what would you tell them? I mean, I would say 
they both have to sit down and figure out what is what is the goal? What are they trying to achieve? You know, whether they have the account together or not, are they trying to save X amount of money, you know, pay off X amount of debt? I think it's just, it makes sense to work together because one person could be doing one thing, the other person could be doing another. And, and then they both feel like hopeless, right? Because they're like, she's not listening. I'm trying to do this. She's doing that. So I would say just, I mean, even if they don't, let's say people don't want to have their accounts merged, just figure out if we're going to try to do this, let's put a money, our money in this pot. And this is where that money that we're going to be doing whatever X, Y, and Z is going to be towards. So, I mean, it's just being open and almost vulnerable too, to say, to recognize that, Hey, you know, I might be the spender, right? I might be the spender and I'm going to have to hear him because I I know he's going to bring that up. And I'm going to have to just eat it up. But you have to. Otherwise, how does how do you function as a household, right? Without being on the same page. And it's the same thing with children, right? How could we raise our children if we can't function together where we know that you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. But it, it just it's all part of, of being together, being married or, you know, significant others, whatever the situation may be. But uh, you just have to be vulnerable, I think, and be open to just talking about it. And mistakes are okay. Like it's not, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. And especially with, you know, with your, with your spouse or like I said, significant other partner, whatever, whatever you call yourself, those are things that, you know, you, you have to be okay with someone making a mistake. It, it's not, it's not the end of the world just because you made a mistake on, on your budget and, or you made a mistake on, on, you know, not saving enough money. And, and you bring up an important, important um, topic about children, like you're raising kids together, then you probably need to be on the same page there. So there's going to be multiple opportunities to be able to have this conversation with your significant other mm-hmm. about how to, you know, deal with your finances and give yourself some leeway to make mistakes, figure it out. Like I said, we went through several budgeting, different softwares. We went through several different methods. Try to use cash. That worked a little bit. That's kind of, then we tried to monitor debit card usage. We've went through, you know, try what works for you and, and try multiple things and see what works for you. And there's, there's really nothing wrong with, with making the mistakes. We, you know, we hold ourselves to such a high standard as regular, you know, just, just as, as a couple for Madi and myself, even the little added level of stress because we're, you know, because I'm a financial advisor and she's a bank manager. So, so we really should have it all together. But if you're, if you're listening to this and you're hearing us say that, yes, we make mistakes, we work with money daily for other people. Mm-hmm. And we still have some times where it's like, you know what? Like, I, you know, I'm talking to Marty about some stuff that I wanted to buy for my bike and I look at her face to see what she's going to say. Like, yeah, I need to get, I need to get this. I need to get some stuff. This is a part I need it for my motorcycle. She's like, does the bike work without it? Yeah, but, but I need it. And, uh, you know, target is dangerous. Like you can't just let Marty go to target by herself like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did pretty good last time. I stuck to my list pretty, pretty close. Costco's different though. Costco gets you every time, but those are, those are things that, that couples have to be uh, okay with. So as you know, we're trying to change the complexion of wealth. These are the, the changing complexion of wealth questions. And so I wanted to get into this with you and what, what motivates and inspires you to grow and learn? For me, you know, I think coming from where we came from, you know, I think what what really just 
inspires me is knowing, you know, what we are going to be able to teach our children, you know, and then in turn, you know, others around us, right? But more importantly, you know, everything that my parents, you know, try to teach me and show me and, and tell me now I have expanded on that. And now we together combine how we can really help our children, you know, and I think they're going to start now differently. And that really just, just excites me to know that the kids are going to, are going to have this and, you know, how lucky of them, you know, to have this piece. Cause I mean, it just, it's, it's all when we talk about generational, right. You know, the business is, is each generation just grows and learns. It teaches the other. So I think for me, it's just learning and, and doing all of that and what I can share with them, you know? One of my friends always tells me uh, his, his family immigrated to the United States and his dad always has a story for him. He said, I came here with $1 and look what we've been able to accomplish. Yeah. And I think we're going to be able to set our children up to accomplish a lot in life because they will have a little, they'll start a little bit better off than we did um, because our parents or my grandparents were able to give us something. Talk to me about, uh, do you think education plays a big part in wealth building? I do. I really do. I mean, especially how it played for me, right? I mean, my parents couldn't teach me anything. And by going to school, um, you know, being in college, being around all the people, it really, it just taught me everything that I know. I mean, had I not done it, I don't know what would have been of me. And I see, you know, whether it's family or friends that didn't, you know, and I see where they're at. You know, and it just depends how you educate yourself, right? It doesn't have to be at a school, but you do see the difference. So I really do believe that it's it's really, really important. It, it just provides certain structure and, and values for a young adult, right? That you have to be disciplined to, you know, you can't go out and party. You got this midterm that you need to study for. So it just, it just provides some, a different life. And for me, and, you know, I, it just, it helped me a whole lot. It got me to where I'm at now. How has your family supported you on this journey? Oh my God, my family, they, they <laughs> when I get all, I mean, I don't want to get teary eyed, but I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, talking about my dad, right. I mean, he, he was the, the biggest cheerleader. He couldn't give as much, you know, he couldn't pay for our car, you know, to commute. He couldn't pay for, you know, for us to go to school, but he just knew it was so important. And he would tell us that I know it's hard but you got to get it done. You, know, you got to do it. So, I mean, they're, they were there every step of the way and they still are. I mean, we went to Jamaica and they were there with the baby, right? They, they took care of little man. And I mean, they're, they, they're very, very, very supportive. I mean, I don't, I mean, what my brother brought me lunch yesterday. And then the other one was like, Hey, are you at work? I'm going to bring you lunch. I was like, what? What's happening? So, I mean, I think family for, for, for me, for us has been, has played a huge, huge role. Absolutely. Family is everything. And you've even taught me more about family with the siblings and all that. And I learned from you continually about family values and, and merging those family values to create uh, the family that we want. So yeah, your family has been very supportive uh, in every way. Mom and dad have been great and your brothers and sisters and everybody's been very supportive. Shout out to the Diaz family. <laughs> uh, so if you could offer a piece of advice to listeners, what would you tell them? <laughs> what I would tell them is, you know, things are never easy. What do I mean by that? Whether you're working on a budget or whether you're trying to get to, you know, through school and there's not a whole lot of money, it's going to, it's going to be hard, but just keep pushing. You know, I mean, I remember not, you know, going to school and, and working two part-time jobs and not having enough money and not having enough time to study and feeling like, gosh, man, but I think you just have to push through. And work hard and just know that your hard work will pay off. 
in one way or another, whatever that means for you. Just work hard. There it is. You heard it from the wife. <laughs> she has been a backbone to everything that I'm trying to do, whether it's been the podcast, whether it's been the business, whether it's been um, working out, whatever it is that I'm trying to do. She has been there every step of the way. And I thought that this would be a nice way for you guys to see where I get my biggest support from. And not only that, to, to, to encourage you to have those money talks with your significant other, because I think they are so important and so impactful. I feel like uh, when we can celebrate the successes that we've been able to have in the business by looking at our bank account and saying, hey, look where we're at now. Look where we started. Look where we're at. Look where we're going. And it's been awesome. So, so babe, if people want to get a hold of, of, of you and they, and they want to, they want to, they want to, you know, reach out to you or, or see stuff on you, I, I figured Twitter and Instagram probably be the, the best, right? Instagram. So what are your Twitter and Instagram handles? Miss 3M. So it's Miss 3M? Yes, for both actually. So. Mrs. 3M, but it's spelled out three, right? Yes. So I, I like the 3M. Um, I love it, actually. I love it. <laughs> so you can find Miss 3M on IG and Twitter. Thank you for listening today. This is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and to be supported by others just like you. And again, we're super happy to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it cannot be completely your one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But guess what? If you have any questions, or maybe you just like to chat, please reach out to me directly at imlin at minoritymoney.com so that we can get to know each other there. Thanks for being here, and we're signing off.